You're listening to the Create What You Speak podcast. My intention is to change the lives of one million women, one podcast at a time. Now let's get started. Thunder, feel the thunder. My name is Sloan Fremont, and today I'm going to talk to you about 10 things that changed my life. All right, welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. This week, I have an interesting topic for you with the 10 things that changed my life. So I actually got this idea from, I was listening to Sirius this week on, I think it was the Lithium channel, and the host was talking about an interview uh, with Shirley Manson from Garbage, if you remember the band Garbage from back in like the early 90s. And I think this was this interview was done in a Scottish Scottish magazine. But anyway, the interview asked um, asked her ten things that changed her life. And so they were talking about it on the show. And uh, one of the things they said was her dog, because the dog like got her out of the house. You know, cause she had to walk him and everything. Even if maybe she didn't feel like it that day, but doing that and having that in her life really changed things for her. And I really liked that question. And so I started thinking about that in my own life and what I thought really were ten things that really changed my life. So I thought it would be fun this week to talk about those. And I'm going to ask you this at the end. But as I'm talking through this, I'd like you to start thinking about this in your own life. Like, what are the ten things that has changed your life? So that's what we're going to get into today. Um, but before we do that, I want to tell you a quick story because as I was doing this and you probably noticed, so like the music I chose for this episode is all it's nineties rap because I got all nostalgic as I was thinking back on things over my life. But, um, so I have a quick story before I get into the 10 things here that I wanted to share really quick. So one of my friends who I've been friends with for a long time since college, so it's like 20 some years, she randomly sent me the screenshot this week of an old email of us from probably like the year 1997, somewhere in there. Like, so email was relatively new back then. I mean, I think I remember using it when I was in college. So 97, 96, somewhere in there. Um, but anyway, she was going, for some reason she had saved old emails and she found this one from us 20 years ago. And back then we used to type a book to each other in our emails, right? Like, I couldn't believe the amount of text that was in there when she was sending this to me. But as I was reading through this, I was laughing so hard. I mean, I was actually in tears because the stuff that we talked about then, it was so like, it was so stupid. One of the things she asked me was if I had an iPod. Okay. So this obviously really dates the email, but she asked me if I had an iPod and she said she wanted one, but she wasn't sure how to use it. So she wasn't sure if she was going to get one, but she had one of went ahead and made out her, her playlist of all the songs that she would put on it if she had one anyway. And, and I don't know, I don't know if this is an age thing now or like just where we are in this time at this time in our lives, but it was so funny to me. Like I was laughing so hard. Like I was in tears. And, but then after I got done laughing, like I was thinking about it you know, as just like something we used to do back then, right? Like, like writing long ass emails like that. Like, like people don't do that today, right? Like no one would sit down. Most people anyway, would not sit down and type out a long ass email to their friends, right? Like that's just not what we do these days. I mean, at least not on a regular basis. I mean, most people, you know, we're using Snapchat or Instagram or text messages or whatever like that. But I just was thinking back at those emails and like the innocence of those emails, because like I said, we wouldn't do that today, but it's like, 
I mean, back then, of course, we had no idea where technology was going, right? So email was new and, and all of that. But I guess what I'm saying is it made me appreciate those those old times back then, you know, like how we used to, the way we used to do things. And, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then. We weren't carrying them around. Well, I mean, I did have one, but it was like this big ass brick thing. So it wasn't like it was today. And I don't know. It just got me thinking about like, what are the things that we do today that we take for granted that are going to be replaced in the future? Like that I won't take the time to do or that something else will replace it in the future. Who knows? I don't know. I, it was just an interesting, interesting thing to think about as I got all nostalgic about this week's episode. All right. So let's get on to the topic this week. So again, the topic is 10 things that changed my life. And that, that's really all the parameters I put on this to talk about today. What are 10 really big things that stood out to me over the course of my life that I think have changed me? So these are in no particular order, just as I jotted them down. So, all right, the first one is travel. If you've listened to the show before, and if you haven't, welcome. I'm glad you're here. But anybody who knows me knows I love to travel. And in the first trip I actually remember taking was as a kid. Like, we did this family vacation to Niagara Falls, and we drove up through, like, Michigan and all around. And we went with my cousins. And, I mean, back then, like, there wasn't a seat for my brother. He was really young, probably, like, five or six or something. And he rode in the very back on top of the luggage. Like, can you imagine that today? Like no seatbelt, nothing just rode on the back. Like just sit on the back of, in the back of the van and on the luggage. And I, I don't know, that's just so funny to think about. But anyway, that was like one of the first big trips I remember taking. And then after that, it seems like, you know, I lived in a family, I had a family that encouraged that, right? Like my cousins were exchange students. Um, I remember I went to Europe in college, Costa Rica, like I've been all over the Caribbean, all over the U S and, I, w- I guess I feel really lucky to be able to have had those experiences because um, they just, they taught me so much, right? And especially going to other countries, like, like um, you know, adapting to a different way of living or not understanding the language and being able to, to just figure it out on the spot or, you know, just all the different experiences I have, I had during those, those travel, those times of travel. And you know, giving me new perspectives on the way other people live, like seeing, especially in the, some of the Caribbean countries, seeing, you know, very, very bad living conditions. And then coming back to my world and, you know, taking running water for granted, for example. So giving me new travel, has given me new, new perspectives and confidence, so much confidence, especially when I was traveling alone. And, uh, I think there's things that come with that, that, you know, the confidence to do it, the confidence to navigate it, the confidence to, um, you know, just go out in the world and experience it and not feel like that I couldn't do it. Um, that, that, that was really big for me, but then, and also meeting so many people over the years. Oh my God. I met some of my best friends through travel, through sitting next to somebody at a bar, through meeting people, you know, I used to travel with for work or people I was on projects with, um, that that's been huge for me. And I think, again, like I said, just having experiences in these places that I never could have had staying at home, all of those things helped shape me. So travel is one of the, probably the biggest things for me that changed my life. The next big one I would say is music. I mean, music has been always a part of my life. I remember back being young when, remember when they used to have Columbia House and that other one, I can't remember 
BMG maybe, where you would tape a penny to a postcard and you would mail it in and you would pick all your tapes that you wanted. And everybody's parents were so pissed because, all you know, then we would get these huge bills for like, you know, $30 for one tape or something like that. And that's how I built my music collection back then. I would do all of those and I would get all the tapes I wanted and then I would cancel it or my mom would write a letter like, why are you sending this to children? They have no, you know, authority over this. And then I would go back and do it all over again. My mom would be so pissed at me. But that's how I built my music collection back then. And I can remember, you know, having the blank tapes and recording songs and, you know, getting my first boombox with a CD player. And my first CD ever was Def Leppard. I remember that. So, you know, music has been a big part of my life. It's helped me to process thoughts and emotions. It's helped me to put things into words that I could not say. You know, I couldn't say myself. And music helped me figure that out. And, you know, obviously... Living here in Nashville, I go to a ton of shows. But even before I lived here, I went to a lot, a lot of shows. And I've met so many friends over the years at shows, um, bonding over music, like enjoying music. And just the experience of going to shows and being in that moment that I never forget, right? That that it's like things that aren't planned. You could never plan even if you tried. But you just happen to be there in the moment at the right spot. And it just like hit a note with everybody who was there. And I've been, I've been to... Lots of shows like that here in Nashville, and one in particular I remember last summer was um, Charlie Worsham did one of his every day every damn Monday shows, and um, TJ and John Osborne showed up from uh, Brothers Osborne, and I think it was like uh, uh, oh Muscle Shoals Night or it was like Sweet Home Alabama. Whoever sings that, it's not like here. I think of it right off the top of my head. Um, but anyway, they did that that those kinds of songs. And they just got into this groove with the guitar. And I remember all of us just standing there, like, with our mouths open, like, oh, holy shit, like, this is amazing. And we, my friends and I still talk about that to this day. It's one of the best shows and just living in the moment. So music has been a big part of my life, and it's it's really, um, and I know it will continue to be, but definitely one of the things that, that shaped me and helped change me. Next one, growing up in a small town and working in a family-owned business. So, so many things come with that, right? Like, in so many experiences, being young, growing up in a business, like, working with small town farmers who, you know, good old boys club kind of crap. And, like, you know, being able to be witty and come back with comebacks and, like, not tolerate it, right? Like, not put up with it. Like, like no, you're not going to pat me on the head and call me a little girl and act like I don't know what I do know. <laughs> and then... Being, you know, working with family, I mean, growing up that way, working with my mom side by side, like learning business things, like, like basically having like adult experiences at a young age, um, really, really changed me. I think really helped shape me. It used to be super annoying when I was growing up being in a small town because everybody knew your business and you were expected to do certain things a certain way and really, you know, cared about the family cared about what other people thought of them and, you know, all of this stuff. And that was a big, um, uh, always like a, a friction point for me. And I, some of that still carried over into adulthood, but, but to this day, I mean, I am very thankful to have had those experiences, being able to work with my family, um, you know, and the history that came with that, cause we had a lot of history there and all those experiences that I got because of that definitely big part of what shaped me today and changed my life. Okay, the next one, number four. My first pet that I had as an adult that died totally changed me. And that wasn't that long ago. That was just last fall. And this one is still tough on me. And, I, and I've talked about this before. Um, but having a pet, you know, that I had on my own through my adult life 
having it die changed me. And that cat taught me so much. I mean, he taught me unconditional love, you know, companionship, being there for someone no matter what, right? Pets are never like, like holding grudges against us or they never, you know, take anything out on us. They just provide love, so much love. And he, and he brought that full cycle with his death because it, it required, oh God, I try not to cry when I talk about this, but damn it. <laughs> um, it required me to do the one thing that I did not want to do. And that was to have to take him in to be put down. And so just that experience and going through all of that, um, you know, and having those experiences with that cat over, you know, 20 years. I mean, so many moves, like so many breakups, so many different things going on in my life. And that cat was there. And I think in the end, as painful as it was to let him go and, to have to make that choice, you know, oh God, that changed me so like in such a great way, like to be able to have, have gone through that experience and, and just all of the things that our pets teach us. So that's number four. Um, okay. Number five, not drinking coffee, <laughs> which may sound really weird and like WTF, but I just figured that this has saved me so much time and so much money after I see all those Starbucks lines and I hear people complain about how much they spend on this every month, right? Like, and it's not that I have anything against coffee. I just don't like it. Like, I've tried to like it. And I think the reason why I don't like it is because it reminds me growing up living in my, or I mean, working at our family business. And back then, one of my jobs was to clean the break room. And I remember back then, everybody could smoke in, indoors, but I mean, that wasn't uncommon. And so I, it, that whole area where the break room was, it smelled like smoke and it smelled like coffee. And I like associate the two together. And so like back then I had to clean out the ashtrays and like drinking coffee. I associate that with the ashes. I don't know why it's so weird, but so anyway, I guess that's why I don't like it. That's all I can come back to. Cause that's what it always reminds me of. But I just figure not doing this, not drinking coffee. You know, I look at the airport and I see all the lines like at Starbucks and I'm like, man, I, you know, I don't understand that, but I just figure it saved me a lot of time and money over the years, <laughs> not having that one uh, little vice. Okay. That's number five. Number six, uh, the teachings of Abraham Hicks. I talk about that a lot on here and, and I really do credit their teachings for changing my life, like for helping me to change my life. I mean, and this wasn't something that came easy for me either. I mean, I resisted listening to them for a long time because I thought it was weird that the channeling, like I didn't really get that. But in the end, I decided I don't really care the method. Um, it's the content. And I've just found their content to be the most consistent, to be the most, um, makes the most sense to me. And if you're not familiar with them, um, just look them up online, Abraham Hicks, um, YouTube, tons and tons and tons of content out there. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, back before I changed my life and, and I talk about that a lot on here. And if you're new, um, you can go back and listen to the first couple of episodes where I really give you the details of this. But, you know, back then I was in a place where I, I just couldn't take it anymore where what I was experiencing. And I didn't really care. Like I just, I was like, I need something different. And that's when I, you know, I let that in. Like I started listening to what they had to say. And, and that is really when my life started to shift. And, and that's how I changed my life by believing that I could first off, that I had the power, that, that life wasn't happening to me, that I was part of this process, right? I wasn't just this hopeless person, you know, caught in a 
you know, in a, in a whirlpool or something like I had power in this, like I could do something about this and their teachings reminded me of that. And I actually had the chance to tell Esther that at one of their seminars, I, I, I met her after actually I met her twice that day, which was another crazy, amazing experience. But, um, I said to her, I said, thank you. You know, I looked her right in the eyes and said, thank you. You changed my life. And she said, Oh no, we really didn't do anything. We just reminded you of who you were. You did all the work. And I loved that. I just, it was just awesome. And she's awesome. I just, I love the whole thing. So the teaching of Abraham, uh, most definitely changed my mind, my life. All right. Number seven, not having kids. So obviously this is a big one and I'm not saying one or the other better or worse. This isn't a conversation about that. This is just my experience with it. And I knew I didn't want kids at an early age. And so as a result, I felt like I've had so much freedom in my life to do all the things I wanted to do and more <laughs> all the, and everything's I didn't even know I wanted to do. Right. And I just saw one of my friends recently who I hadn't seen in a while and um, she was, had gone through a divorce and we're the same age. And she was talking about how she didn't really feel like she got her twenties or thirties because she was, she had kids and you know, and I, we were laughing because I was like, well, I'm pretty sure I partied for both of us <laughs> during those years and made up for it for you. But, but I mean, this choice for me not to have kids, um, I, it was a choice. I did make that choice and I'm glad I did. And as a result, it let me be free. And that's really what I wanted. And I'm very thankful for that. All right, number eight, getting laid off and fired, which in turn led me to be poor, which also helped me to realize I wanted to be rich. <laughs> so, I, you know, I always say this, the, the getting fired, oh my God, one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I think everybody should be fired in their life at some point just to experience it because it is such a humbling experience. And around the time I got fired, I also got laid off several times. And I think, you know, I was at a point where I may have worked six months out of a two-year period because this cycle kept happening. But as a result of this, oh my God, I learned so many things, so many things about myself, so much, again, talk about confidence, like just being confident that I'm going to come out okay on the other side, like trusting the universe, trusting the path, realizing that there is better for me because in all of those situations, I wasn't happy. I absolutely hated it. And so the, the firing or the layoff gave me the relief from that. Right. And I taught myself a ton of things during this time. I mean, I taught myself how to cook from scratch. I taught myself how to build and run a personal finance, which I personal finance website, which I still own 12 years later. Um, and I got to do a ton of amazing things with, right? Like, uh, write for a lot, a lot of famous magazines, um, podcasting. I had another podcast prior to this. Um, I actually had a pilot for a reality TV show submitted way, way back before reality TV was cool, but then I chickened out. <laughs> but anyway, in the end, that all worked out. But, but the point of that, of this whole one, of this, this, these experiences is when something falls apart, really the only alternative is it for, for it to lead to something new. And, and you get to choose how that something new goes, right? And in those experiences, I think for me at least, helped me change that and helped, um, you know, it, it gave me, Definitely self-confidence, but uh, it, it in a good way. I feel like it was in a good way, for sure. Okay, number nine. Every time I said yes to something, even if it scared me to death. I mean, this one for me is huge. Like, just the saying yes. This is If I had to say one that tops all, it, it's probably this one. Every time I said yes to something, even if it scared me to death. I mean, you know, I remember back when I was consulting early on, and I had to travel every week. And I hated it. I cried. I didn't want to do it. Like I resisted it. I was so pissed. And then I kind of got in a groove, groove with it. And now I look back and I like 
I'm laughing my ass off at that, right? Because travel was like the first thing I talked about. Like, and had I not gone through that consulting experience and said yes to it and, and traveled extensively like that, I, I wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, my experience with traveling would most likely not be the same as it is today. And, and having those experiences give me, again, the freedom and the confidence and, and all these different things. Um, you know, other areas where I said yes, moving here to Nashville, like just the, the speed at which I changed my life and the, the fact that I kept saying yes. And I kept saying yes and yes and yes. Even if it scared me to death, I still said yes. Taking jobs. I didn't know if I could do right. Inventing something, right. I'm still going through that. Fuck, I don't know where that's going to go, but here we are. Right. I said yes to it. Um, starting this podcast, right. Um, you know, and the list goes on. There's so many things and, and you can probably recognize this in your own life, but, but I always knew deep down, like if I didn't say yes to those things that I would regret it later. And so I'm, I'm so glad I said yes when I did, even if it scared me to death. And number 10, the last one here is, and this is what I'm still learning, but it's, it's learning to love myself and put myself first and like pull all my energy back to myself. So I don't give it all to everybody else and leave nothing for me. And this is when I, we've talked about this on the show a lot and I've, I, I've struggled with this in, in some ways because, you know, I, this, I hate the term self-love really because it, it, it's just so overgeneralized and I, I don't know, it's just not the, the way I like to say it. But what I've really realized, what this really sum, I've summed this up as is it's, it's like, I've come to the point where I, I won't, I, I, re, I will not allow myself to keep thinking terrible thoughts. Like I, I, I refuse to continue to allow, to torment myself and, and, and suffer at my own expense just because of my thoughts. And I got, I, it's like something I just, I can't even manage. I can't even like when it starts to come up and it, and it has lately, it's like, I'm sick of myself on this fucking topic right? I cannot do this anymore. And so that's really how I've learned to love myself is, is just putting my own feelings first. Like no matter what's going on outside around me, like I can still feel good. I, I, I can, and I choose to. And that's something I've really, really, really been focusing on lately. And, and that's, that's probably, it's still new to me and I'm still learning, but again, just learning how to be happy no matter what and not forcing suffering on myself has been one of the biggest ways I've changed my life because as a result of that, it's let other good things come in. It's let me sit back and realize I don't have to control everything. I don't always have to be forcing and pushing and doing some action. Like I can sit back and I can let the good in, right? I, I can, I can prove to myself that that can happen. And, and that's been huge. So, so as I said at the beginning, and those are the 10 that I had, things that changed my life. I'll run through those just really quick before we close up here. So travel, that's been huge, 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 huge way that I changed my life. Music, music has always had influence on me. Um, growing up in a small town and working in a family owned business, my first pet that I owned as an adult that died and all the experiences that came with that, not drinking coffee, which I, again, figured saved me so much time and money after seeing those lines. The teaching of Abraham Hicks, not having kids, getting laid off and fired, which I recommend happened to everybody once in their life. Every time I said yes to something, even if it scared me to death, and then learning to love myself, right? Learning to stop inflicting pain on myself with my own thoughts. And so as you move forward this week, I don't know if this appeals to you, if this is 
interesting to you, take some time to think about what are the 10 things that changed your life, right? Like it was fun and I thought it was interesting. It was just interesting to think about and like look back on. And like I said, I got a little nostalgic with this and, and that's okay. I mean, as long as we're not staying there, like staying there in the, the, we wish it would have went this way or, you know, living in that, that I think to look back, it's fine because we, I think we spend so much time looking ahead and, and worrying and, and trying to control it all that, you know, we forget to look back and, and, and just for a moment and, and just see how far we've come. Right. And, and that was one of the, I think the, the unexpected, um, benefits I got from doing this was just looking back to see how far I've come. So that's it for this week's show on the 10 things that changed my life. So I'll talk about the songs really quick that I chose. Like I said, I got nostalgic on this episode. I chose Hypnotized by Biggie um, as an intro. And this song just reminds me of being in college and house parties and just this songs, just all of this Tupac, Biggie, like P. Diddy, all of this like blasting in the background and like these big, you know, 55 gallon um, trash cans filled with jungle juice quote it was called but that was just basically code for everybody bring something and dump it in a probably unclean trash can and then we'll drink out of it the rest of the night I mean I don't know it's just it's fun to me this anytime the intro of that song too it's like it seems like it's a real crowd crowd pleaser like everyone likes it so um hypnotized by Biggie was the intro outro is insane in the brain by Cypress Hill so I have a funny story really quick before I close about Cypress Hill Back when we were in, my best friend and I, when we were in junior high, we were reading the book, um, The Once and Future King. I think it was that, or else it was like the Tolkien series, um, The Hobbit and all of those. I, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but we had to make this like replica of like a castle scenario. Like, I don't remember all the details of that, but so my friend and I got really creative with this and we, we had like this old Barbie house and we used like all this like you know, padding to make it look like clouds around it, like floating in the air. And then we have these troll dolls that we set up for it. And part of this, for some reason, we had to make a video. So we had our old camcorder, right? Like with a VHS tape. And we were playing <laughs> Cypress Hill in the background. And I don't know if it was insane in the brain or hits from the bong. I can't remember. It was probably hits from the bong, knowing us. But we, and I had like an incense stick and we were like waving it around to give this like smoky effect. And I remember like I burned... <laughs> either I burned her or I burned myself. I don't know. But I remember like going, ow, like really, really loud in the video, but we couldn't go back and like tape over it because back then it just, it was really complicated. So, <laughs> okay. So I know that's like totally weird, but it was just, as I was thinking about this, it just, um, it just made me laugh. <laughs> All right. So again, intro hypnotized by Biggie and outro song was insane in the brain by Cypress Hill. All right, so I'm in a mood today, if you can't tell. It's, I'm recording this on a Friday, and I'm getting ready to go meet my friends for happy hour. So there you go. That tells you where I'm at. All right, so that's it for this week on the topic of 10 things that changed my life. And I really would encourage you to think about in your own life some, some of those, uh, you know, those 10 things that, that maybe changed and shaped you. I would love to know what you think of this episode. So, or if you have any questions, um, I'd love to hear from you. Email me sloanfremont at gmail.com. My website is sloanfremont.com, and I'm on Instagram at sloanfremont. And if you like the podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review it in iTunes so more people can find me. Abracadabra, now go forth and create what you speak. Are you trying to get crazy with this scene? Don't you know I'm local? local? <laughs>